Okay, it's Monday, September 25th, 2017, and before you turn it off, Sammy Higgins is with us, along with Doug Brizzoni. (laughs) uh, uh, I'm back, Brian Murphy, back. Uh, Sammy, Doug, thank you for doing a a better show in my absence. (laughs) Uh, McCovey Croncast, uh, episode 68. Oh my gosh, we're so close to 69. Um, (laughs) Yes, very exciting. More exciting than anything we have to talk about about the subject of the Giants, maybe. Um, but in my absence, which was all work-related, uh, the Giants lost a lot of games. And, I don't know, weird stuff happened. Like, Pablo Sandoval is back? He's on the team now? Well, that's weird. Um, and that, that's gone about as well as you would expect if you said Pablo Sandoval in 2017 was rejoining the Giants. Um, Denard Spann has crossed the... Uh, 300 he's got 335 plate appearances now that's weird that's just bizarre uh they traded eduardo nunez this is all me catching up the bottom line is the giants are still bad and uh and we haven't seen any sort of uh hope for next season is that fair to say Uh, I mean, if there, I, I definitely recall reading about reloads and just g- getting ready to be competitive this year and probably ending on a strong note this year. But they gave up. I mean, they, the team, the players pretty clearly gave up. And I don't think anyone would blame them when you've got this much amount of staggering human failure at physical activity that people would just start giving up. And I, but I also think the problem with that is you can't unring that bell. Um, once, once guys get comfortable with giving up, you can't just switch it back on, you know, in what, three or four months, these guys are going to like start getting ready again for the season or in like two months and training. And like, are they going to want to do it again? Probably not as much. Mainly because a lot of these guys are going to be 30 or beyond 30 now. And let me tell you, listener, (laughs) when I turned 31, I felt like something had physically changed. It was harder to do a lot of stuff. Maybe not tremendously harder, but 5%. And it was a noticeable 5%. Like, it was just enough to be like, oh, it's going to be a little harder to get out of bed today. Or it's a little harder to get that exercise high that you push for like instead of 10 minutes to get warmed up it takes 15 or 20 whatever it is so all these things you might say well they've still got a good core so even if they gave up this year even if they were all like average or below average major league players this year they're still always next year well with baseball it pretty much tells you the march of time is is punishing and it always goes down not up so from the outside looking in meaning i'm not sitting here watching every game, recapping every game. The main thing that I've noticed is if you give up, you just get eaten alive. And I think that's what happened with the Giants. They just gave up and they're being eaten alive and you don't re- you don't usually recover. So that's my, hey, I'm back, guys. <laughs> that's, <laughs> uh, I mean, if we just go down the lineup, I, I think I want to say Brandon Crawford probably gets a pass in terms of how much scrutiny he is warranted 
for his performances this year. I mean, he still hit 14 home runs. He's you know he's got a, he leads the team in RBI for whatever that's worth to some people. It's still you know he he drove in runs uh, and probably fewer opportunities than say Buster Posey and Hunter Pence and whatever. The point is you know Brandon Crawford. I'll, I'll give him a pass and not really focus on him too much. But um, here's the one I want to talk about. And Sammy, this might be you might get really lively here. Brandon Belt's not coming back next year. Brandon Belt uh, is the team's easily the team's second best hitter. <laughs> but there was an article in the San Francisco Chronicle this week um, that was uh, who wrote it? Oh yeah, Bruce Jenkins, and uh, and it was the article headline: Brian Sabian, Giants quote can't go on like this. And deep in the article, um, one thing that was mentioned, if it wasn't in this article, it was in another article about the Giants' core players for next year. And Brandon Belt was not mentioned in it. But here is the point in this article that I just mentioned. Between, here, it was a bullet point. Between his concussion issues, burdensome, burdensome contract owed $64 million through 2021, and streaky hitting unwatchable during the downtimes, First baseman Brandon Belt has exhausted the team's patience. To be overly critical is simply not fair, with so many other players underperforming. And Belt is the most proven power hitter on the roster. He wouldn't appear to be going anywhere, but sources indicate that manager Bruce Bochy would welcome a different look at first base. So that to me is like, here's all the crap I want to talk about this butt-ass player, who's still pretty good, but... Uh, but I would say that considering that all the San Francisco media is is pretty obviously a mouthpiece for the Giants organization, whether it's KMBR or the Chronicle, that it's or even the Mercury News, that it's basically this is coming from the team. That you wouldn't in the newspaper make such a strong statement if you didn't feel like there was that you weren't going to get that much blowback, and obviously. You, the media and institutions don't care what the individual thinks. So if Brandon Belt's hurt by it, they don't care. And Brandon Belt probably already knows his, his time is over. So what do you guys think? Brandon Belt is, is, is sudden, suddenly a burdensome player worth ditching. In terms of is this just a beat writer going rogue or just talking his own ideas, it comes at the bottom of an of an article that is an extensive interview with Brian Sabian. And so to me, it has the force of if not being part of that conversation, it seems odd that at the end of an article, the writer would then take the time to be like, well, here's me spitballing and being totally cruel and taking things 
I'm making things up based on this that are coming out of this long conversation I just had with the vice president of baseball. He's not. And then, but like I said, there was that Hank Schulman article, uh, which I got to find the quote, where it mentioned core players and Brandon Belt was not one of those. Could that have just been a, a kind oversight? I don't know. They sent, they seem to want to talk about Will Smith every time the bullpen is terrible. So I don't know that forgetting a player um, is, is really something that the beat guys do since they don't have to keep track of too many things for their jobs other than the players on the team. So I don't know. I, I would also just say at if you're going to go, whether it's a beat writer doing it or it's the organization using the beat writer to get this information out there, I think we can all agree it sucks quite a bit and it, it's pretty telling. I mean, it kind of makes me hope that the Giants just lose a billion games forever, that the, in a down season when literally every single player, every single player in their organization sucks. They're the worst. They're awful. They're, they suck. They're irredeemably bad that they would then go, the guy that's on the concussion list, who was our second best hitter before he went on the concussion deal, he's the problem. Or he's a problem. If they're going to single someone out. You're going to write a long article about Brandon Crawford and all the struggles he's been through. And meanwhile, Brandon Belt puts up numbers that literally all but one other player on the team puts up and say that he's an albatross or it's burdensome and they're sick of his streakiness. Get the f*** out of here. You know, go, seriously, go f*** yourself, Bruce Jenkins. Go f*** yourself, Brian Sabian. Go f*** yourself, Bobby Evans. Your stupid Mark Melanson deal sucked. You suck. Your team sucks. Don't forget your team sucks, and it's going to suck for a while. Um, I, if people want to use Brandon Belt as a scapegoat, I think they're entitled to, and that entitles all of us to say that they suck, and then go f*** themselves. That's all. They're going to just dodge missing 100 games, which I, I think they're going to think they deserve some sort of congratulatory banquet for. Uh, the front office, not the players. The players will be gone before the end of the last game. I pitched to the Giants on Twitter that they should have a, a banner unveiling ceremony for first team eliminated from playoff contention. And and Brian Srabian responded. He said that that's not happening. But I think it should because it's going to happen the next few years, and you need those banners. But I also am surprised that the Giants got so bad so quickly, which transitions us into our next topic of Tim Lincecum, former Giants pitcher. <laughs> if you look at that, uh, there was an article in the Mercury News of, of, uh, of trying to find Tim Lincecum. And it was interesting that in the article that they did not find Tim Lincecum. They couldn't find him. Uh, Daniel Brown could not locate him. Um, and no one knows where he is. No one's heard from him. His dad's even being quiet. His his manager, his representation doesn't know where he is. The the his representative isn't even sure that was Tim Lincecum at the women's march. That picture that's floated around. So my question to both of you is: Is Tim Lincecum dead? Yes. Yeah, so 
So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's he's dead. No, but now actually, Sammy, what you made me think is we need to send the royal scouts to go look for him. <laughs> they're, they're the only ones with experience tracking him. <laughs> the thing is, Tim Linscombe doesn't want to be found, so we could send the royal scouts after him. But all he would have to do is hang up a giant banner wherever he is that says Alex Gordon would have been out. And Royals people are un- are famously unable to deal with that information, so they would just turn around and hightail it, and he he would stay as anonymous as possible. Can I just add there how disappointing it was that it was Alex Gordon that broke the home run record? Was it Alex Gordon? I thought it was. Um... Uh, was... Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, no, yeah. this season sucks. So of course. No, it was Mustakis. Yeah, that's oh, what I thought. I thought it was Mustakis. Yeah. I thought Mustakis tied it and Gordon broke it. Uh, either way. <laughs> right? Because wasn't that yeah, one of the things for like difference. the first two months of the... Uh, yeah, it's Alex Gordon. You're right. Um, um, it, it was... Uh, <laughs> wasn't it... I mean, the, the first two or three months of the season, it was all focused around Alex... Uh, the Royals not being able to hit for any power. So it's just... It's whatever. Although right, yeah. it would have been Alex, worse if Gorky's... No power and Alex Gordon was terrible and everyone was terrible. Yeah. And the Royals were pretty good for a while and now they're bad again. So. Uh, if I think it would have been worse if like Gorky's Hernandez had broken it. Okay, I, think it I disagree. Awesome. I think it would have been better if like Kelby Tomlinson had done it. Because he's got like that history of the most random home runs ever. <laughs> that would have That would have been the best. I, I think it would have been perfectly appropriate for Gorky's to break it. Gorky's in his only home run of the year breaks the all-time record <laughs> home runs in a season. That would have been perfect. That yeah. would have been so stupid. Um, and that's what you want in a moment like that. You you want ridiculous or stupid. You don't just want an average player hitting it. Come on. That's true. Uh, Alex Gordon, who could be a giant next year. <laughs> or uh, Mike no. Moustakis. Mike Moustakis who could be a giant because apparently the Giants need a first or third baseman. Um, but uh, uh, just back to the Lincecum point. Um, I think it's uh, interesting that if that in a lot of ways, Lincecum falling off a cliff and disappearing, his career has mirrored the Giants in some way. <laughs> like the, uh, the Giants as they are now, like he's disappeared and the Giants have disappeared. They're they're just not an entity that you know that exists in the world anymore. They're not entertaining. Uh, nobody talks about them. Nobody should talk about them because they ended on such a bad note. And I guess reading that article reminded me of how similar their fortunes have been in in his in the last over the last ten years, quite simply. Um, and I, I don't think it's a one to one comparison because obviously there have been years where the Giants have done well with him doing poorly or him merely having flashes of of doing well. But you know, when he was successful, the Giants were successful. I think that's that's fair to say. And um, and I I don't know maybe there's some sort of so um, go ahead. <laughs> so you're saying Tim Lincecum is the missing link? I'm saying yeah, or something. I don't know. Someone who has a personality could be the missing <laughs> link because the Giants are devoid of personalities. They're they really are all robots or racists. It really comes down to those two things. So um, I I think they're just. Yeah, I mean, or, or there's some sort of um, deal that was made, some Faustian bargain or some some wizard perhaps tied the fortunes of the two entities together. 
And uh, if once it comes down, the Giants are down, that kind of thing. I don't know. But it seems like it because he's such a freak of nature that the Giants really did have to do something to get someone that amazing to kind of change their culture. Um, that was a very bad analogy. Welcome to Bad Analogy Corner with Brian Murphy. It's been a while. Um, uh, I, I think I've, I've said this before. I'm definitely over the Lincecum nostalgia and all that, but I definitely think he's an interesting dude, and I don't think baseball writers should limit themselves to just what's going on now. I've also said many times, you know, oh, Jack Morris is not a Hall of Famer, but if you think he's so great, write a damn book about him. Like just like there are plenty of players who aren't going to be in the Hall of Fame who are they're still their baseball players are still worth talking about just because they're not in the Hall of Fame. It doesn't matter. So um, there's just lots of ways of cutting the the sports storytelling. And yeah, Tim Lincecum, uh, that's a that's an era of Giants baseball for sure. This was an era of Giants baseball for sure. Um, and, And it's a fun one to talk about. It's going to be weird when we're in our 60s, if we make it that far. Uh is, is go, we're going to be talking about this time period of like how things were and all that. That's our well, old timer. I mean, I, I wonder, is it more the Tim Lincecum era or was it more the Buster Posey era? Because I feel like if, the, if we're looking at just the Tim Lincecum era, it was a very short era. I think Buster Posey kind of came in and took, you know, you know what I mean? Oh, sure. I, I think we can, I'm comfortable with calling it the Buster Posey era. But, I mean, there was some overlap, and Lincecum was sort of the the freak and the prospect yeah. and everything that, you know, oh, the Giants have a, a, a hotshot pitcher? They haven't had a hotshot pitcher in, like, f- literally 40 years. <laughs> like, that kind of thing. It was sort of the uh, of a changing of the guard, and, and Buster Posey oh, was... I mean, Matt Cain really kind of is the first in that, but Lincecum then was sort of that exciting... Oh, the Mariners had Felix Hernandez, and I don't know, maybe CC Sabathia was one of the like. Just you know what I mean, like super exciting. Really, you know, the yeah. Giants have their Kerry Wood, or the Giants have their whatever, and, and it's like here he is. And then Buster Posey was next in the line of that of these really uh, team changing talents that any team would build their franchise around, like that kind of thing. And then Buster Posey, but yeah, of course, the Buster Posey era makes a lot more sense. But uh, Linscom really did kind of kick it into orbit the whole idea then anyway. so, I, so i guess we're definitely not going to call it the joaquin arias era no we're <laughs> not going to do that uh i mean it's the tail end of the ryan klesko era for sure but not <laughs> um can can i just take a pause for a minute this entire time i've had the team page open and i'm marveling at two things brandon crawford has 40 walks and 111 strikeouts Nick Hundley has 11 walks and 77 strikeouts. Who doggy? Those are some awful numbers right there. Um, I, I a seven to one strikeout to walk ratio for a hitter who is gonna get almost 300 plate appearances. I mean, Nick Hundley has been spectacularly bad this year. Um, he also, hasn't though. That's the thing. He That's has. The thing See, if you watch him, if you watch the Giants, I do watch you, know him. That you would know, Brian, that when Nick Hundley comes up, at least there's a possibility that something interesting will happen. A third he's of his hits are run. doubles. A third of his hits are doubles. There is that. <laughs> he, ha- he has hit doubles and homers and 
Uh, sure, he's not technically good because his on-base percentage is 274. Jesus Christ, I should have looked at that before I started saying this. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I honestly, when it comes to Nick Hundley as a bat, I'm like, sure. It's not like, it, it's not like watching Jose Castillo nine years ago. But he's like, not oh. a backup. He's going to... He's going to have played in almost a hundred games. I mean, he's he's a part-time player though. Three hundred plate appearances. Right, he might end up with less than three hundred plate appearances on the year. That's a part-time player. Uh, fewer than, but okay. Oh, oh I, started, Brian. I see how it is. Uh, I think the bigger point uh, is that the Giants are bad, right? So uh, that's enough of that. Uh, the Giants do get to be awful against Clayton Kershaw uh, when we're recording this podcast. They're about to start, and Doug's going to recap the game. But before he recaps, let's pre-cap the game, guys. How's Clayton Kershaw going to do against the Giants today? Sammy? Uh, he's going to do just fine, I'm assuming. I just feel like, sorry, I'm looking at the lineup. Of course, they, of course, Mac Williamson is starting this game. Of course, because right. he couldn't start a game where he could actually be successful in. Um, yeah, no, screw it. They're getting no hit. No hitter. Okay. Um, I'm going to say seven innings and I, I, 11 strikeouts keeps flashing in my head, but I'm going to just keep it to nine strikeouts. Seven innings, nine strikeouts. Mm, uh, no runs. No runs. So I'm having these two conflicting impulses that about how long he's going to pitch because I've, it is more of a tune-up start for the playoffs, so they're not going to push him. But on the other hand, he's facing the Giants. So, I mean, he could throw like seven pitches an inning and throw a complete game. And it's pretty tough to, to know how it's going to play out. I'm going to say, though, you know, he has one inning where he looks almost human and the Giants get a bunch of pitches out of him. So that'll, that'll limit him to, to six scoreless innings, uh, nine strikeouts, one hit, no runs, uh, one walk, but it's on a bad call. <laughs> uh, any any uh, um, idea of who might get that walk? Uh, you know, I'm just I'm I'm gonna Stratton. I'm gonna. Stratton. Yeah, I was going to say Pablo I, Sandoval, but I think yeah, I was I was kind of debating between Sandoval and Williamson because I think if Williamson got it, then Bochi would in his head be like, "Well, he should have struck out." You know, <laughs> right. no, that's why I think so, Williamson's going to strike out. He's like, "I can't take a walk here. I won't play again." So, right. <laughs> but if I strike out, they'll hate me forever. So, but I got to play again. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it doesn't look good for the Giants. It never will again. Uh, let's go to your questions for this week. Uh, we got a few. Um, basically, three of them are, or two of them are very similar, so we'll knock those out first. From our own uh, Jen Ramos. what are you going to do when the glorious offseason arrives? And Mike Foster at Scout6, Scout underscore six asks, how excited for the sweet release of Season's End are you? Oh, also players kneeling. Oh, he sucked that one in at the end. But basically, what are we going to do and how are we going to feel when the season ends? Um, well, in some ways, the Giants have been not playing all year. So it's not really <laughs> change that much. Yeah, it doesn't change anything. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to feel like I don't have this thing I need to keep pay attention to at, when I get home at night or on the weekends. And since I don't watch the NFL, I don't, uh, you know, I'll feel really unencumbered. I'm going to feel great. I, well, I'm going to be transitioning to basketball, so, you know, it never ends. At least the basketball is good, though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate that the Giants are going to for the rest of this calendar year exists as this shitty thing that you can just like take pot shots at. Like it's just going to be this, it's going to be a beached whale that's just sitting there and you can pick it apart. You can just shoot your gun at it when you're drunk in the middle of the night, you can strap some TNT to it and blow it up and let the pieces fly everywhere. Like it's just a thing that's going to sit there. So I feel like since I'm going to keep writing for the site unless Grant fires me right now which maybe he will um, <laughs> that you know all the articles can just be angled towards like the Giants were bad how bad were they or just every article <laughs> can just make sure that you spend time talking about let's talk about how these smart people who won three championships also built one of the worst baseball teams ever assembled like you can just keep doing that they find variations on the theme so there is that no it's it's true. I have I have several ideas that I have to wait till after the season because, like, <laughs> hey, let's look at how bad these this team was, really. And like, yeah. I have to wait because maybe they'll get worse in the last week. They're not going to yeah. get better. Nobody expects that. But like, they could get really bad in some new, fun, fascinating way. Maybe not yeah. fun, but well, and then why... you know, oh. yeah, oh. it would throw everything off. Sammy, what do you have? Well, I was going to say that's why I, I wouldn't write off them not getting to 100 losses just yet. There's still seven more games, including today, so they could get there. Yeah, they have to win, I think, two more. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and that's they're not going to win a lot. So, two, two and four, because they're playing the Padres. The Padres could sweep them. The Padres will probably sweep them. <laughs> so, if they... I want them to lose 100 games. I think it's not because it's my own masochism or anything. It's like, no, they are a hundred lost team. They don't deserve to get out of this at the very end and, and then pretend like they got their homework in on time. No, they, they're a bad team. <laughs> they're, they suck. They don't deserve credit for anything. They, um, they don't get to do the move where they, they crumple their homework up a little bit, throw it in the corner of the room and then let the teacher discover it a week later. That's right. Wait a minute. Your extemporaneous speech that you were supposed to prepare for, you didn't prepare for, and now you're wasting our time? No, you're not getting a good grade on this. F*** you. Um, I have a lot of bleeps to put in here. Um, and the editing. Uh, but, yeah, players kneeling. Uh, I, I think uh, the reason why they're kneeling is awful and i'm glad that something is being done to to shine a light on the fact that there is inequality and murder uh authorized legal murder happening across the country so i'm all for players kneeling and it's it's the protest that all the angry people who have the most to quote unquote lose have demanded of of people who are are wronged and that's peaceful protest so if you can't handle peaceful protest you're really saying you can't handle any protest what you're really saying is shut up and do what i say and i can do whatever i want and i'm not going to treat people like human beings because i'm in power to which i think most of us would agree like oh people who think like that don't belong in the discourse they should lose what they have (laughs) and if they don't want to listen to silent protest 
um, there are other measures that could be taken if they want to silence it. That's what I think. So, yeah, people, people <laughs> seem to want. Um, people seem to want to protest. They can ignore. Like they don't want you in the streets and blocking traffic. They don't want you kneeling silently at the beginning of a game. What they really want is to ignore the problem, and I don't think that's an option. So I'm very happy to see that more and more players are joining in and that it has now spread to baseball. So good for Bruce Maxwell. I think the protests are good. Uh, I think the thing that they're protesting is bad, and it should be protested at every opportunity all the time. And the people who have a problem with that, if I can quote Brian from earlier in in the podcast, go f*** yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and I don't, I think the thing that's going to happen or the annoying thing is this is going to get twisted into some protest of the government of the president, let's be specific. And, uh, and that's hilarious to me because that's such a narcissistic thing to make it all about them. (laughs) And it's also hilarious that we, we as a culture will always find ways to dole the, the edge of something and say, oh, that you're protesting an important thing, but I'm going to appropriate it into something else to dull what it's really about to distract from it. Because I can't handle it. I think that's a problem. We can't handle the serious stuff. So that's why we're doing this Giants podcast, right? (laughs) Uh, And the last question comes from LB37 at LB37. Three things you're going to do with all your free time. Same question. Uh, Now that you're going to be free of the 2017 Giants, how will the Giants mess up their draft? Let's work backwards from this. Uh, It's not guaranteed that the Giants will mess up their draft, but I think if they do, it's going to come down to they're going to miss whoever becomes the consensus one or two players as a top pick, and they're going to mess it up by going for someone unconventional because they don't have to max out the bonus and they can distribute that bonus money down the line and either get more players or more talented players earlier. I, I disagree. I think they're going, I think they could screw it up uh, because they're going to look at what they've done. They say, look, maybe the giants way isn't, isn't sustainable with this power surge that we've missed out on. They go for the consensus number one prospect and then he gets hurt. And then they and then they realize they need to double down on what they do and draft nothing but Joe Panics until the end of time. Yeah, that's basically, yeah, that's basically the risk for every team, though. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, Sammy. Uh, um, I don't you know. You don't think they'll about take, the draft. <laughs> they'll t- well, they'll take the top pick and then they'll trade him for somebody next year. <laughs> Oh my God, Sammy! That was the that was the most cynical version. <laughs> How did we miss that? <laughs> so at the deadline next year, when the Giants are like five or six games out of the second wild card, and really they just don't look great, but there's still like maybe some hope. They'll trade the top pick for like a Doug Henry type, <laughs> <laughs> like a middle reliever or someone to boost, or a bench bat. No, um, see, I think I think the thing about this wrong. I think they're gonna be they're gonna be in the second wild card by like a game, and so they're gonna trade it for another lefty reliever because all of their lefty relievers turned to ash. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the that's the most Giants way of this working out. Wow. All right. Yeah. And also, they will already have started their free fall. Just to be clear, that's right. That, June... How can they fall any farther and still be competitive? 
No, no, no. So next year they will be competitive for like two months and then they'll start their free fall and then they'll trade the prospect for a reliever. Okay. And then, yeah. But I, my question is what's their pitch? My last question to both of you before we sign off, what's the pitch to free agents? Is it, is it just someone shrugging with their hands up going, we can't get any worse. No pressure, JC. I don't really see them pitching to free agents. I don't see them actually like going after anybody. To be honest, I'm trying, unless it's an outfielder or unless they trade Brandon Fell. Oh my god, um, I, I, I don't see them actually being aggressive this off season. Well, I just I, I don't yeah, but I just can't even think of what the pitch is for anybody to a free agent to come to San Francisco. Where first on San North Korea is a beautiful town. Yeah, but it's first on North Korea's target list. Um, like <laughs> the taxes are exorbitantly high. Um, you know, there's, you, you're, you can't hit in this park. Um, there, there's plenty of, uh, things they have to work against. Um, other people I'm, seem to hit in the park just fine. Well, they don't get to like, they're not going to be able to face their own team's pitching. So, <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be something? If it was just the Giants playing themselves, like they are so bad, they get relegated to their their own one team league. <laughs> would, would they find a way well, to lose? Hey, there's, there's your pitch. What's that? There's my pitch. Oh, I think there's your sales pitch. You get to you get to hit against Matt Cain every day. <laughs> um, I I I hope next week, whenever we come together there's something more positive to talk about but in the meantime i'm encouraging all of us to adopt a more every six day mindset which is find the fun in the disaster because this isn't real disaster everybody this is just a stupid dumb baseball team filled with butt-ass players and a front office that has had an entire industry pass them by overnight that's the thing that terrifies me, folks. It speaks to my insecurities. Like, they wake up one morning and suddenly they literally are the worst thing in their, in their industry. And, and it's passed them by and they don't know how to follow the, the lead. But find the fun. It's not Mary Poppins. You find the fun and poof, the job's a game. No. <laughs> it's you find the fun and poof, the, the things you loathe are the things you can... Just get all your anger and resentments out. <laughs> and it's not about booing the players. It's just being like, look at how exquisitely bad every single batter is. It's like they've never seen a major league pitch before. Look at they've spent all this money and time. They get on a plane. They pack their bags all to go and embarrass themselves in front of thousands or millions if it's on TV of people every night. And they get paid a lot of money for it, sure. But isn't that fun? Like, Buster Posey is going to be the captain of the most successful run of, of San Francisco Giants baseball. And he's going to be the captain of the worst time in the history of the team. That's impressive, I think. And it's kind of funny. And it makes me go, there's something funny about that that I wish I could find the exploit to. And I will in this offseason. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. Um, you can send us your questions all week. Uh, all three of us are on Twitter in some capacity. Doug? Uh, I am at Moonwalk McFly. Sammy? I'm at Sammy Higgins. Um, 
Also, alternatively, if you don't want people to engage you online, you can just say, please let me be. Um, <laughs> uh, and of course, McCoveyChronicles.com. Grant, uh, if I ever get him back on the show, uh, can the three of us all state that, say, agree that Grant has really worked his butt off this season? Uh, he's got three jobs, and two of those jobs involves covering the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's really just... He he's made some bad decisions. Uh, <laughs> he, he he was a really poor person in the past life. I don't know. <laughs> he was a Yankees fan in the past. That must have been it. Um, well, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week, and um, definitely hold us to our predictions for today's la- yesterday's Giants Dodgers game. Bye, everybody.